hut for our uh, music there. I apologize for that, but welcome to the Big Dudes and Tricks podcast, everybody. I am Ben. I am Bug. Joined, of course, hey. by Doug. And uh, yeah, Doug is still on vacation, still enjoying Mexico. Have another beer down there in Mexico. Caught some, caught a bunch of fish the other day. That was pretty awesome. Dude, that, yeah, he's having a fantastic time. I know he's eager to get back at the same time. Uh, but at this, honestly, dude, just just enjoy your time down there. Don't worry about anything else. We got it from here. Yeah, and he even uh, he even gave us some players to watch from college. Gave us his game to watch and made picks for all the games that we picked as well. So we're off to a pretty good start as far as that goes. Uh, with that being said, though, we got some business to take care of. Let's uh. Let's get straight on into it, starting off with the NFL. Yeah, let's do it. I, I know usually we start off with the world's worst news. Uh, and unfortunately, I think, uh, I think I have to jump into that right here. Um, guys, it's not Tua. It's not the fact that Skyler is a third-string rookie starting this week. Miami has lost the last two games, according to Mike McDaniel, because of a ping-pong table that the team captains have now voted to remove. Uh, most notably, Tyreek Hill. Uh, at least that was the story yesterday. Uh, and then Tyreek talks to the media today, and that man is a character. Uh, and he says, that's not why we removed it. We removed it because it's bent. We're actually ordering a custom-designed one. <laughs> that is actually just fantastic news, uh, if I'm being <laughs> honest here. I love I... that a little piece of happiness is getting to stay in the uh, locker room, and I really hope they keep it. And it is a distraction. When they play the Bears here in a couple of weeks. I mean, I don't know. I think you need a little more distraction than uh, than just a ping pong table. But we can save the trash talk for that week when it's coming up. Um, no, in other fantastic news, shocking news, uh, Brian Robinson has been named the starter and did start the game tonight against the Washington Commanders. Now this for is the, the Washington Commanders against the Bears. Yeah. Um. <laughs> This is mind-blowing news, considering he was shot, you know, seven weeks ago in the leg, and the man is a starting NFL running back as of tonight. Yeah, and I mean, last week he didn't look so hot, obviously had a limited role, uh, but this week, I mean, we'll, game just started, we'll see how it goes for him. You never know. Absolutely, man. Uh, we'll keep with the theme here. We're going to go with, uh, stick with the Washington Commanders. Uh, they are shopping cornerback William Jackson the third. Uh, basically, at his request, as he's hoping for a, a fresh start, uh, no leads on where he's going, no leads on if anybody's biting, just that the commanders have been in talks, so they are actively shopping him. You know, if they've lost so much confidence in Antonio Gibson, maybe they shouldn't have been as public about it, but I would have thought that maybe he'd have been the guy they'd be shopping as well. I mean, we saw how electric he was in this offense last year. Uh, you know, I guess we'll see. There's a lot of stuff going on with the commanders. Uh, I said it on uh, – on Alex Fleming's NFL carousel earlier tonight, you know, hats off to Carson Wentz for actually playing with an injury for once in his career. Uh, I don't know how he did it last year. He played on two sprained ankles last year. He's always playing on sprained ankles. It's almost his normal life at this point. I'm not going to count that. Uh, But hats off to him and we'll see, you know, I think that plays in the bears favor, as I said on the show uh, on the carousel earlier, but my counterpart, the, uh, uh, Commanders fan I was speaking with said, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on around the Commanders right now, and a lot of that's centered around Dan Snyder. 
Now, I've seen this. Bleacher Report uh, came out with this and cited their sources. I don't remember exactly who they were there, so that's my bad on this. But from Bleacher Report, Dan Snyder hired a PI and allegedly has dirt on all NFL owners and Goodell that could, quote, fuck the league. So we'll see how that happens. That is an unbelievable big man pick for the Washington Commanders, both tipped at the line, and uh, you know, you know how it goes from there. Justin Fields with an INT. That's that's just unfortunate. Uh, and so, you know, Dan Snyder is also allegedly quoted as saying the owners all hate each other. And then one owner allegedly responded saying that's not true. We all hate Dan Snyder. That was from Barstool. <laughs> so take that for what that. it's worth. I love uh, that. Take that for what it's worth. It, it was from their, uh, their football guys there. So maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. Definitely doesn't surprise me that they would report that piece of the story there. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting to see, and I this this drama and this saga with Washington football team commanders, uh, formerly known as the Redskins, formerly known as the football team. It doesn't matter. It just seems to never end, and eventually, maybe we'll just get to play football and not have to worry about this. I don't know if that happens with Dan Snyder as the owner, though. Man, I know you'd already reported on it, but I was getting. I'm a little upset that the Bears had that turnover in the red zone. I was starting to think we might actually see a touchdown on Thursday night football, um, but not yet. Uh, still has not happened in the past couple weeks. Uh, moving on down, we'll get into this game later. Uh, that being said, Jason Peters has his revenge game in Philadelphia this weekend on Sunday, uh, on Sunday Night Football. He's excited for it. He's ready for it. Uh, we'll see if the rest of the Cowboys are, and if uh, Cooper Rush can go six and zero on the season, uh, on the on the on his career, five and zero on the season. Uh, I know I'm alone right now, but Ben, if you're with me, I need you to pull up the slides for me so I can start getting into the previews. All right, and there we are. All right, Thursday football is going on. You have the Bears versus the Commanders. Uh, honestly, we're not picking this game. Uh, if I were, I am picking the Bears in this game. I think the Bears do pull this one out, Ben. You have my faith, and yeah, I've actually got them against the spread in this game. Uh, yeah, you know, you, it's funny you mentioned, you know, maybe somebody will score a touchdown in this one. That No touchdown scored was actually the pick, uh, the largest bet going uh, for this. Normally it's, you know, who's going to score the first uh, first touchdown, and that was not the case. No touchdown scored uh, was actually the the biggest bet going into this one. That's amazing. God, I I hope that I hope that doesn't happen two weeks in a row. And yeah, I mean, it's it's going to go down as an INT, but that's not even you know Fields throwing the covers. That's a defensive lineman just making an amazing play. Uh, never mind. He threw it off of somebody's head. That's why it bounced up. I think I, I'm back <laughs> oh, to putting this no. one a little more on Justin Fields. Oh yeah. no. All that's, right, let's that's get, why you want big quarterbacks back there, right? Let's get into the Sunday night game. We got the juggernauts of the NFC here, uh, the top two teams in the NFC. Uh, the top two teams in the NFC East, who thought we'd be saying that at this point in the season? Um, at least all three of those things. Cowboys are traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Man, I, I'm with the Eagles on this. Until somebody slows down that defense and slows down Jalen Hurts, I have to continue picking the Eagles. Um, I just I don't see how the Cowboys can do it. Uh, I know the method for them to do that, and that's get Micah Parsons in Jalen Hurts' face all day. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that. What are you thinking? 
the bigger question is who is going to be playing quarterback for the Cowboys. He, Dak was only limited today. It was his first official participation back in practice. I don't think he's playing this weekend. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater here's, played today, and he's not playing this weekend. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the issue, right? Cooper Rush is a great game manager. I think the Cowboys are just going to need more than that to beat the Eagles. I, plain I and simple. There's there's no way around that. So, yeah, this is this is an interesting matchup. You can see I picked the Eagles to keep on rolling. Doug, the only one going with the Cowboys, which I think is a fair pick too. Yep. This is you not know, a blowout by any means. I. Uh, you know, going back to the NFL carousel, I'm telling you guys, make sure to check it out. Uh, you know, the the Cowboys rep said, you know, we have one good running back between Zeke and Pollard. And I don't think that's true. I think it's just the way that Pollard is being utilized. And, yeah, I think Zeke being utilized that way as well. Neither one of them is really being allowed to play the full potential. Maybe Zeke is kind of getting up there. I know I say it half-jokingly because I want to see Pollard have an a extended role in that offense as the Memphis alum. But I don't. I think there's a lot to this team that just isn't reaching its full potential on the offensive side of the ball. And I think any Cowboys fan will agree with you. I don't think this is the week they're going to get it done, though, either against a very hot Philadelphia Eagles team. No, I, I agree completely. I think this is going to be the Cowboys' second loss on the season, uh, first loss since week one. Uh, I just don't see it happening. I, I do understand Doug's pick. It's a totally valid pick. Exactly. Right, moving on to the Monday night matchup. Look, take everything we know about the NFL, and we can toss it out the window. Um, however, I will say this. Russ is, has an injury. Denver's looked like garbage all year. I don't trust him. I do trust, even if the Chargers have been underperforming, I trust the Chargers a little bit more right now. I'm going with uh, with Los Angeles on this one. Yeah, I'm with the Chargers as well, because the, what have the Broncos done? To show, to give me a reason to not go against them, losing right? overtime I mean, time to the Colts. Oh wait, there's there's nothing good about Denver right now. This team very much looking for its identity, and they just straight up don't have it. So, yeah, I think this this is obvious. You got to go with the Chargers. Maybe we'll see this division get back on track here. Yeah, we'll see. It's hard to get back on track against yourself, but you know it is what it is. All right, let's uh, let's get on to our picks. Ben, what's your game of the week? So my game of the week is the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Indianapolis Colts. And look, you know, the Colts are somehow a two-point favorite in this one, which I do not understand. The passing game is not there. Jonathan Taylor has not looked great at all. And I just... The Jaguars are frankly the class of the division right now. And that's, I mean, that's kind of crazy to say. The Jaguars that just lost to the Texans? I look, Brutally? I've, <laughs> I've seen crazier stuff happen. The Lions beat the Packers regularly. All right. So, yeah, I'm sticking with it. Uh, I've got the Jags one in this one. Look, I, I get it. I'm with the Colts on this one. And I'm with the Colts because this is an Indy. in Indy. We already had one matchup this year with Colts at Jags. I rode with the Jags on that one because it was in Jacksonville. This one is at home. Indy plays better at home. Indy can actually succeed against Jacksonville at home. I'm taking Indy to go on a two-game win streak here after uh, winning on Thursday night in overtime. 
Absolutely. And we're going, uh, you can see here, if you're watching with us, that Doug is also taking uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to go down and call his game as well. He's got Cardinals at Seahawks. I'm excited to see this one. Geno Smith is playing like everybody wants Kyler Murray to play, and we definitely saw flashes of it with the Jets, which is a huge deal because, after all, it is the Jets that we saw flashes of greatness with. So the fact that he's playing this well with the Seahawks, and you could argue the Seahawks have more weapons, and I think you'd be right. The run game is definitely going to be hurt, losing Rashad Penny. But, man, I I think Geno might have finally found his stride and found a system where he can thrive and succeed I'm going to ride with the Seahawks here and uh, the Cardinals, man. They they got to start doing something. If this game were next week, I'm taking the Cardinals. Uh, but this game is not next week. It's this weekend. I'm sorry. Without D-Hop, um, questions at running back. James Conner is still fighting an injury. I'm, I'm, I, there's just too much going against the Cardinals right now. I'm looking at the Seahawks as well. I know Doug's riding with the Cardinals, but I am riding with the Seahawks. Um, to me, it's just the safer pick. That's that's where I'm at on this one. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, again, we're we're at your pick now. Let's see let's, what game you got going. I'm really confused how I'm on the Giants side. Is that not who you took? Nope. <laughs> well, no, you've, yeah, that's you've my flipped fault. me and Doug. So Doug's yeah, with the Giants. Doug's the Giants. I'm with the Ravens. Look, I'm looking at this game because this is the litmus test for, for the Giants. And everyone can say, Oh, they did it against Green Bay in London. I don't care. Um, I want to see how they handle Lamar Jackson, uh, one of the teams that are considered the class of the AFC. I want to see if they can really hang with the Cowboys and the Eagles. I don't. I don't know that they're there yet. So I'm looking for them to to go out in this game and have a big game. I don't think it's going to happen. I think this is the Ravens game all day. It's on the road, so the chances of the Ravens blowing a big lead are a uh, lot less for some reason. Um, I, I don't know. I'm riding with the, with the Ravens on this, despite what these slides might show you. Yeah. My, my bad on that, man. I was, you're all good. I you're all going good. like a madman here. My eyes were going, I was going cross out here. Carson Wentz is sacked again. And, uh, yeah, I'm riding with the Ravens as well because they finally were able to do it and complete a game here. The Giants just aren't a good team. Saquon Barkley, there's been a lot riding on him. And eventually, he's going to break down and fall apart. He can't be the only thing going for this team right now. And it's it's going to be to the Giants' detriment, and especially against this team uh, out of Baltimore right now. I mean, I'm with you with it being Baltimore's game. I, I just don't know if I would be selling Saquon that short right now. I know what your concerns are. We've seen the injury history. Uh, and his shoulder's I, messed up right now, too. I mean, the Giants can come out and say it's not affecting him as much as they want. I I don't believe it, man. Hey, it's fair. And, Doug, despite what the slides say, is taking the New York football giants. So don't don't be discouraged here. Uh, well, we've got it fixed. We, we've, got, we've got an accurate record in our notes here. It was a Thanks. mad dash to get these finished after work and get my kids to sleep. So it's been fun. I'm glad to be oh. doing this podcast, though. All good, man. All good. Hey, how about you lead us all? Oh, we got we do have alternate uniforms this weekend. I did not know we have, that. The Dirty one. Birds are coming out. Yeah, everybody's been asking for it. This was, I would say, probably third most requested thing to come back with the new uh, new rule being implemented, being able to have multiple helmets. First was uh, the Patriots. Uh, Patriot Pat, I think, was number one on pretty much everybody's list. Depending on who you talk to, 
uh, a second or third place one would be the Silver Domes for the Seattle Seahawks. And this was either second or third for everybody as well. Uh, the Red Helmets out of Atlanta. This is just an absolutely legendary helmet. You'll love to see it. I swear to God, if Khalil Herbert gets a touchdown this week, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. And it looks like he's about to. Nope, he makes nope. it down fucking seven. Motherfucker. All right, so he's sitting on my – I put in Brian I, Robinson. I was biting my tongue on that because I saw the run. Yeah, I don't I don't understand how you're a little ahead of me on, on a stream, but that's – it is what it is. I don't hey. – I'm not going to get upset. Uh – but yeah, Falcon's helmet looks sick. Can't wait to see it. And uh, we'll, keep, we'll keep a running total. Back. Yeah, we'll keep a running total of how these alternate uniforms go. I think they're two and one right now because the Giants won in their alties. All right, I'll and uh, it. it was they were one and one last week with the Patriots winning, and I can't remember who lost, but I know it was one and one last week, and I know the Giants won the week before with the first alternate uniform of the season. So. Justin Fields running for his life. That's amazing. This is really just bad that I have such a big screen to watch this game on now. Moving on to our start and sit fantasy players. I got the wide receivers this week after Tug had them last week, and he will take the running backs. First, my sit. I'm going with Michael Pittman. And look, Jacksonville, as I already said, classes of vision. The Colts cannot pass as it is. It's a disaster on that offense right now. You have to sit Michael Pittman on this one. Next up, I got Gabriel Davis as my hot start. KC does not have the secondary to cover a full receiving core. Stephon Diggs is going to take way too much attention away from them. I expect him to have a big game this week against the Chiefs. All right. I I mean, I like your picks here. I don't know if I'd be sitting Pittman, but I like like the analysis on it. all right, moving on to mine. I am sitting Cam Akers this week. I know Carolina seems like a favorable matchup, but that Rams offense is broken too. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to handle it. And honestly, Cam Akers isn't even the feature back right now. So that's another issue on top. Um, I know, I know. I've had him for two years. It sucks. I'm still holding him on my dynasty league, but uh, it's a, it's getting to be that time. They don't even really have a feature back. They've gone to such a running back by committee yep. out there. Like, even Henderson is not a great start. And and it doesn't help that they can't fucking pass to save their lives. So neither one of these guys, in my opinion, can be a, a, a decent starter for you at this point. No, absolutely. Uh, looking over, though, I am 100% starting Dalvin Cook. Look, Miami, I, this hurts me because I love Miami. I love them to death. Uh, but our defense just has not been playing well this year. Uh, The running backs have been feasting on them. Miami cannot tackle when Dalvin Cook is really good at breaking tackles. Look, Dalvin Cook's going to eat this weekend. Skylar Thompson's starting. They're going to be in a positive game script all game. Uh, Yeah, this is is a start Dalvin Cook kind of week. Yeah, I mean, as long as he doesn't get hurt, absolutely start Dalvin Cook. It's it's starting to get to that point in the season where I kind of get worried about an injury, but I'm not going to sit here and try to forecast an injury. He he's already had his injury. Uh, it, it was a dislocated shoulder. He's already back. Well, I know that. He didn't miss any time with still, it. So, and uh, side note, you know, as I was making these slides, I was looking for pictures of Dalvin Cook, and this one as well as another one, I had to do a double take. I thought I was looking at a Madden image, just the way these pictures. Like, it's, yep, it's absolutely insane to me, just where we're at as far as technology goes. So, uh, yeah, Dalvin Cook. I love it. That's a good good start. Let's move on to some college news, though. All right. 
And, uh, yeah, there's not. Speaking of college, let's give some score updates here. Well, we we got some live scores going on, so let's give updates on those. So we've got uh, UCF leading the Temple Owls at halftime, 35-13, to 13, uh, making quick work of the Owls. And then we've got the Baylor Bears leading West Virginia, 24-17. to 17. If you're following us on Twitch, you should see these scores popping up as they come. Please continue. Um, man, follow us on Twitch. That's all I can say. Twitch.tv slash Big Dudes in the Trenches. There you go. There's there's the shameless plug for any of you that are audio listeners. Uh-huh. Come on. Give us a follow. Come join on, on the fun on Twitch. We do have a little bit of college news uh, before we get into our picks here. And, yeah, of course, we have the Uni Watch again. So don't worry. We will get to it. But our first story here, new betting favorite for the national championship. It's not Georgia. It's not Alabama. It's Ohio State. How did this happen? I, I Dude, Georgia's had a couple shaky games. Um, honestly, very, very shaky games. And Ohio State has not. And then Alabama's got big question marks especially after that Bryce Young injury. Look, I know he's coming back this week. We'll get to more of that later in our previews. Um, but, no, I, I understand where this this is coming from. It is just – it's amazing to me. This is a team that they refuse to put at number one, even though they're moving around Georgia and Alabama, it seems, willy-nilly, making sure one of them's still that number one spot. So, the fact that – the I, mean, I understand, like, Betting odds are not placed by the AP, but it's just it's insane to me that there is this much support between Ohio State and Tug. I'm sorry, or not Tug, Doug. I'm sorry, but frankly, the way Ohio State played against Alabama in that national championship two years ago plays even more into this shock on my end, at least. Now, moving on to the next story, there's quote a lot of push for 12 team expanded playoffs in 2024 two years earlier than the deadline according to the acc commissioner jim phillips obviously he's won 2026 there with the two year earlier here i that so I that's not what he's wanting that was i was gonna say that's not what he's wanting that's what, what they voted his thing yeah yeah the the deadline that they gave when they voted on doing it was 2026 which i think is when the tv deal is up so that makes sense uh, these guys are talking about doing it before the new TV deal now, effectively. Which, I mean, it makes sense. I'm not going to say, like, I'm scared because I'm scared to change. But uh, this is this would be very, very shocking if it happened this much earlier. I'm a fan of it. I'm absolutely a fan of it. And I want to see what happens and how this all goes down. But the sooner we get to the 12-team playoff, in my opinion, the better. Next up, the Jackson City Council unanimously approved a new stadium for Jackson State University. So if you are a Jackson State Tigers fan, I believe they're the Tigers, check me on that tug. And you are down in Jackson or Mississippi, get ready for a new stadium. You got to think the popularity and uh, notoriety of the team rising as much as it has with Deion Sanders being the coach there plays into this for sure. Man, there's been a lot of talk that Dion's going to be a top target for a Power 5 or Group of 5 FBS-level coaching job, and it makes sense. He has come out and said he wants to bring HBCU football to the same level as the FBS. This is definitely a step in the right direction. I cannot see him leaving Jackson State 
I love everything about this. It just seems like everything is going so well for Deion Sanders there. So reading the article, that's actually what a lot of this is, is a way to entice Deion to stay. Um, I didn't put in there that was for Deion, but that's really what a lot of it comes down to when you read through the article. The Jackson City Council knows what's going on. They know what, what the program needs. They see it, and they're trying to do it. Uh, there was a lot of things that were up for discussion there, like running water and stuff, and I don't think they uh, came to any agreements except on one thing. And it's in true southeastern United States fashion, hey, boys, we need a new football field. It was the only thing they could agree on. Sounds about right. But it's definitely huge news for Jackson State. And really, any time an FCS school gets a new stadium, it's a big deal because, yeah, we're talking about a smaller stadium. That was weird. We're talking about a smaller stadium, but definitely these stadiums have a lot, especially the older ones, have a lot of history and meaning to yeah. them. Unfortunately, they just don't have the – It's it becomes more expensive to try and repair or upkeep yep. those stadiums than it is to build a new one. So it's awesome. Maybe a little sad. I don't know a ton of history about the Jackson State University football stadium right now. but And, and awesome. they are the Tigers. You did get that correct. That's what I thought. But it's awesome that this is happening right now and in no small part to Deion Sanders. Our next story here, the Big 12 is looking for a new TV deal. Apparently, in initial talks with ESPN and Fox have been, quote, meaningful. Of course, the Big 12 has kind of had to deal with Fox with the Big Noon kickoff and Fox Big Noon or Big Saturday. That's been the Big 12, Big 10 kind of split there. Nothing huge for the Big 12 in those in, in that end. Uh, but they aren't free to negotiate with just anybody yet because they still have a few years left on their current deal, right? This is a solid push and maybe will improve their contract. I know the Longhorn Network has been very controversial uh, for other members of the Big 12 up to this point. So the fact that they're getting rid of Texas and finally going to be able to do their own thing definitely means that these talks are going to be important going forward and help the whole conference, not just one school. So absolutely. And I, I want to highlight that these are initial talks. These aren't even negotiations yet. These are just initial talks, uh, feeling the water out, if you would, seeing if it's too hot, too cold. Uh, so the fact that they're meaningful, the idea is that these will lead to fruitful negotiations uh, for both sides. Uh, but we are still in the very initial stages. Absolutely, absolutely. So we got uh, we got some interesting news going on here. This one's kind of this kind of sucks. Wisconsin offensive tackle Logan Brown has been dismissed from the team. All we know is that was an internal incident. Tweeted that he had entered entered the transfer portal. But that was apparently after he was dismissed from the team. So you gotta wonder how his luck's gonna be in the transfer portal because everybody's gonna be calling up Wisconsin and saying. Why Why are you getting rid of him? What did he do? A absolutely. And one thing to note with this, too, is this is right after the change of coach. So you really don't know what happened. It was an internal incident. Jim Leonard is not saying anything additional uh, beyond that, uh, which honestly props to him. Uh, if it's internal, handle it internally. Um, sucks for Logan Brown. He was a high, highly touted prospect, uh, recruit coming out of high school. I think he was the 17th ranked tackle in his class. Uh this, this is a tough one, tough loss for Wisconsin here, uh, even if it was a necessary loss. Well, that's not the only guy entering the transfer portal. Houston has losing a wide receiver going to Oklahoma, so a future nope, conference nope. opponent. So other way around, he transferred to Houston this year uh, from Oklahoma, and he is now, quote-unquote, no longer with the Cougars. 
Wow, I can't read any of this at all. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. This is interesting. Houston was fighting for their season against Memphis last week and is the only team to come back from 19 points down in the fourth quarter in 122 tries. You don't sound bitter at all. So for this to come out right after that game or in the you know week preceding that game uh, is interesting. You would think if they had lost, this would have made sense. So but I don't. If, this if goes we don't a little, have any other story going on here. It, it, this goes on a little deeper than that because he has not played in three weeks. Uh, so the story just broke today, but he has not played in three weeks. So I don't know what's going on here. Like I said, I'm not even going to speculate. All we know and all anybody's reporting is that he is no longer with the team. Um, he's not on their roster. He's not on their website. Uh, I haven't even seen that he has entered the transfer portal. Uh, it's just he's not with Houston anymore. Very, very interesting. Maybe something we'll keep an eye on. Maybe it's going to be something awful, and we'll just say, hey, remember that guy? Yeah, he's a shitbag. We don't know anything now, though. Correct. So, now we're going to talk about about some alternate uniforms, or at least the ones that we saw. Uh, But first, something even more exciting. Do we have an alternate field? We have an alternate field. This is FIU, the Panthers. They're having a vice night. And, you know, I should have looked to see if there were any uniforms for this, too. I would be shocked if they don't. This is an absolutely gorgeous field. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the changing color on the sideline, but it works for what they're doing. Well, this is something that I actually, like, some schools do this very well. And I absolutely love it. It's have the red zone a different color. Yep. And I don't know why this isn't a standard thing, but it's I, I love it every time that they do it. Let me see here. I I mean, while this you're, is... While you're looking up their uniforms, awesome. speaking of states and teams and things doing weird things with, uh, with their fields, out here uh, in South Dakota, the goal line is a weird orange that is almost impossible to see when you're running, and it makes it a pain to be a ref as they're crossing the goal line. See, we would, we never did that, but we would definitely, like, school would definitely have their school colors as the goal line. So, like, my school was orange and black. We had our, our goal line was orange. Some school, what well, we was it a, was. See, see, the thing is, was it a bright, freshly painted orange, or was it just, like, dulled over the season? Oh, no, it was repainted every week. That's that's the issue I'm running into, is the, these goal lines are so dull that you can't actually see them. That's that's unfortunate. But as you can see here, oh, wrong one. As you can see here, there is actually a different helmet for this week. I have, I wasn't able to find any, any uniforms quickly, but this is, uh, man, this is a I'm, fantastic helmet we got going on here. There's got to be a, a different uniform going on as well, so definitely be on the lookout for this. I, I hear me out here. I think they missed the mark. Uh, it's a fantastic helmet. Don't get me wrong, but it's not not the best it could be. I agree uh, with you. Take take the pink outline on the FIU, and then rather than leaving it black behind it, put the blue in there, and then that center stripe down the center of the helmet. I can see from this angle, it goes yellow, and then it's black, and then yellow again. That neon blue right in the center. 
or neon teal, whatever you want to call it, make it pop, that'd have been fantastic. I completely agree. There's not enough neon blue in this for a Miami Vice theme. Like, I don't see any. I don't either, but this is also just one angle of the helmet. Maybe yep. there is some that we're missing. And I, I got you got to imagine that there's a uniform with this as well. I just wasn't able to find it. Didn't even occur to me earlier. Moving on, we have BYU yet again. It seems like we had them on here last week for that game in Vegas against Notre Dame. Honestly, these helmets, I would, I wish they would have had these last week. You got the cougar, the mountains, the whole shebang here. This is a beautiful helmet. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, little helmet talks to start off our alternate uniforms. There's, yeah, I don't think there's any better. And then these uniforms are student designed uh, for Oklahoma. I'm going to let you run with it, but that's one of the big things I want to add to this. Yeah, they're calling it, they're calling this their unity uniform. And you can see they've got unity on the back. I did not see anything official whether. Uh, it would be unity across everybody's back, or this was just for the photo op. I really love the gray. They've done the gray a couple of times, uh, but never like this. Of course, you see the state of Oklahoma on the shoulder as well, and this deep, dark red in the numbering and the lettering. It's just absolutely a gorgeous helmet as well. This is a great uniform for Oklahoma. It It is. Uh, hopefully they can get back on track. Uh, they do have a tough draw this week, uh, which is weird to say that Oklahoma has a tough draw against Kansas, uh, but this is going to be a beautiful uniform to see out on the field. First blue turf in a high school field. That is painful. I'm fine with like different colored turfs in college, but in high school, Mike Tackett, man, that's, that's, that's tough. Here's my thing. Was it well done? Did they do it right, or was it like a crappy blue and like cheap turf, or did they did they actually do what they should do? That's my question on that. Like, if this is like blue, like BYU turf, they probably get away with it. Like BYU or like Boise? Yeah, Boise. <laughs> the other school, other blue school in the mountains. Moving on, we got North Texas again. Look, a nice blackout uniform. No, no complaints here. I, again, I'm going to say the same thing I said for the Cardinals, though. Nice blackout uniform, yes, except for the fact that the pants are white. Guys, if you're going to commit to blackout, go full blackout. I also can't tell you if Texada is going to be on the back of every uniform or if this is even the player's name. Not super familiar with the uh, University of North Texas's roster here. But I like this. This is, this is fine. And then, once again, Troy coming in with a alternate helmet. This one's going to be a script Troy. Man, you know, I was going through these, and I think we're going to have to do something a little different. I don't want to go with Oregon every week, right? Because Oregon obviously has a different uniform every week. And if you're watching the stream, you see their uniforms for this week. Pink out, the breast cancer week. My mom's a two-time breast cancer survivor, so I had to highlight this one. And But... I got to say, Oregon does something new every week, kind of getting played out. I do love the neon pink on black, and just the helmet, again, is fantastic. The uh, only pink thing bottoms that, on the cleats, too. I love that. The only thing that throws me off about this is that the names are still their neon yellow. Um, honestly, this would be a lot better if they kept the pink all the way through. Personally, uh, keep the theme going. I, I These uniforms are gorgeous, though. 
Right. And I, I think too much pink is a is a concern that they were running into as well. So I'm not gonna not gonna That's, trash it too much. As long as the base of the uniform isn't pink, it's probably okay. You're not entire you know, you're not wrong there. Well, I accept that. So yeah, like I said, we're gonna have to do something a little different. I noticed we had a lot of the same teams uh this week. So we'll we'll definitely keep an eye on and don't worry, we're probably not gonna talk about Oregon every single week, even though they do pretty consistently put up clean uniforms. I'm sure they'll go back to a neon green here soon that we're just going to unanimously hate and we won't even talk about it. That Correct. being said, it's time holy, to talk about some holy ranked picks ranked. this week, Batman. Oh my god. We have six in the FBS, three in FCS, and we even have a Division 2 1 versus 2 matchup we're going to talk about. And then, and then, we of course have our own picks of the week. So strap in, buckle up, get ready. Our first matchup is a big one. Number one, Alabama going to Knoxville, Neyland Stadium to face number six, the University of Tennessee. I, of course, am picking Alabama. Doug is with me as well. Tug, why are you picking Tennessee? I don't know what we're going to get out of uh, Bryce Young. I'm sorry. Like, I trust him to come back, but it was a throwing shoulder injury. It was a a sprained shoulder. Two weeks? I'm stuck on it, man. Um, Tennessee's been lighting it up. Uh, I don't know if they slow down. More importantly, this is at home in Tennessee. Knoxville fans finally believe in their team again. Uh, again, it's another hostile environment for Bama. Hopefully they can handle it. Um, I think this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a one-possession game. I think it can go either direction. But I am taking Tennessee in this one. Fair enough, and I would definitely give a slight edge to the uh, home team in rivalry if I you know, wouldn't die on the inside sure. for picking that's, Tennessee. That's right. We, we would be remiss, Ben, if we didn't remind our fans that this is – the third Saturday of October. Um, it's the third Saturday of a month, so obviously Tennessee has a rivalry game. <laughs> Next up, we're going to the Pac-12 for some ranked action. Number seven, USC, going to number 20, Utah. Man, the Utes have been up and down this season. USC, they're clicking on all cylinders. It's, it's astonishing what this team's been able to do. They're shocking a lot of people. They might sneak their way into a playoff conversation. I'm going to stick with the Trojans. Doug, who is not here, is going with Utah again. I don't blame him for picking the home team here. After that week one loss to Florida, Utah has definitely rebounded. They still have some Until last though, week. in my opinion. Exactly. So here, here's my thing. Utah has had their struggles with ranked opponents this year. That's one. Number two is USC looks like Oklahoma from last year. Um, I wonder why. And Oklahoma looks like USC from last year. Um, yeah, I'm I'm sticking with SC on this one. Uh, even if it's on the road in Utah, hostile environment, don't care. Uh, I'm going to trust Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams here on this one. And our third FBS ranked matchup, not our last, but our third. We're about halfway through here. We got number eight, Oklahoma State, going to TCU, number 13. This is definitely going to be a throw it up kind of game. I honestly don't feel comfortable picking either of these teams. I, I don't really either. don't. Uh, I'm sticking with OSU. I just that's where where I'm I'm riding on this one. 
Uh, but I can see the arguments for TCU too, which make me scared. Yeah, I mean TCU has had has been hot, and both of these teams, you know, ne- never really able to put a full season together. Oklahoma State more historically always has that one letdown game. TCU at home, man. I mean, I, I'm leaning that way. I'm I'm going to stick with it. Doug is going with the Horn Frogs as well. I will not be upset or surprised if Oklahoma State wins this one. It just means that when they play OU, there's going to be a lot more puckering going into that game for Cowboys fans. Yep. Moving on, our fourth-ranked matchup going to the Big Ten. We got Holy Penn State. It, did anybody check on Doug? Yeah. Yeah, if anybody, if we have any listeners in Mexico and you find a large, hairy man, <laughs> oh uh, that is our friend Doug. And you Ask might him if he's okay. Him. Yeah, you might want to see if he's okay because he is picking number five Michigan, who is hosting this game at the big house against Penn State. Uh, he's picking them to win. I am stunned, astonished, amazed. I mean, this is this, this is, is on, a big I, step in his recovery. Okay, I. I Cannot believe that he has gone with the Wolverines over the Nittany Lions. He has a deep hate for Penn State uh, as well. I was going to say, no, now that and I so, recognize the team, it makes a ton of sense. I um, don't know, man. I'm still I'm no, still. No, no, no. See, here's the deal. Doug recognizes that Michigan is a solid institution. He will never say it, but he recognizes that they bring some value. Uh, he thinks Penn State should not be allowed any sports program, and he has an actual argument for it. Um, we'll leave it at that. I'm picking Michigan in this game. Um, they're a better team. I'm sorry. They just are all around. They are a better team. They've been playing better. Penn State's – this is Penn State's first true test of the season. Uh, I'm sorry. Auburn was not a test. Uh, I'm I'm taking Michigan here. And Penn State's going to have to go to the big house to do it. I think that's that's the bigger story here. Uh, but Absolutely. I'm going to ride with the Mitney Lions. We'll see what happens. James Franklin, you know, this is, this is where you're going to earn your paycheck, right? Moving right along. We got number 15, North Carolina State, NC State, going to number 18, Syracuse, playing in the Dome up there. I've got NC State. They're a very physical team. I honestly have not seen Syracuse play this year yet. Uh, they seem to always be a team that's meddling, and either they have a few more losses and can't get ranked, and it's, it, it would appear this year they have a few more wins than expected, so they're number 18. It's a tough place to play up there. No doubt about it. But I think physicality of the Wolfpack is going to be tough for them to handle, and they're going to pull this one out. Yeah, but but Syracuse pulls out these random games that they have no business winning every year anyway. Yep. Uh, I Especially when they're at home and the former Carrier Dome, uh, I'm I'm taking the cues in this one. I'm taking them at home. And for the record, Doug is riding with the Wolfpack as well. So you know we'll we'll see how this goes. Last but not least, our final ranked matchup of the FBS. We have Mississippi State going to Lexington to take on the University of Kentucky. Uh, Wildcats, there we go. Brain dead second here. We all went with Mississippi State, and I think it's pretty self-explanatory as to why they are a much better team. They are actually a football school, despite what Wildcats fans want to tell you. That's not why I'm taking Mississippi State. (laughs) Why are you taking Mississippi State? Because Will Levitt is out. 
Kentucky starting quarterback is out. Uh, I'm taking Mississippi State. Kentucky's going to fall off hard here at the end of the year. And Will Rogers is still playing out of his mind. So, yeah, absolutely. Great pick. I agree. Concur. 100%. Let's move on to our FCS-ranked matchups here. We got a big one. Number two, South Dakota State going to the Fargo Dome to take on the North Dakota State Bison. This is the Dakota marker matchup, one versus two matchup, halfway through the season. I love everything about this. Doug and I, though, we're going with the Bison. And really, you know, we, we talked about home field advantage a little bit already. There's nothing like it when it comes to North Dakota State. And here's my deal, though. Part of the reason is that stadium is going to be closer to 50-50, I think. It's not going to be 50-50, but it's not going to be the 90-10. This is, South Dakota State is close enough that you're going to get something probably around the range of 60-40, um, honestly, which it's going to even out the crowd. I also like rivalry games. I, I went with my homer pick because I'm in South Dakota right now. Um, but also South Dakota State seems to pull these games out for no reason unless it's in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm going to ride with South Dakota State. Absolutely. You always have to factor in the unknown that is the rivalry game. Moving on, we have Elon, the Muskrats. That's not really their team name. Uh, once again, in a ranked matchup because they won their last one to Doug Chagrin, but he's riding with them against Rhode Island as am I. I'm going with Elon. Tug, Rhode Island is tied for 25th in the... They're uh, ranked. They're ranked. Counts. Yeah, in the stats perform top 25. So, I mean, this is barely, barely a ranked matchup, but you're going with the Rams? Sure. Yeah, I, I gotta... So, again, I'm from Rhode Island. I gotta stick with the Rhodey Rams on this one. Uh, man... I have no good reason for it. They they have the uh, Rams old school helmets, kind of, but they have the base teal and then the white horns going through it. So, if anything, because their uniform looks kind of cool, we'll ride with the Rams. Another team that has that blue and baby blue color scheme. We're looking at number 17, Villanova, heading out to Richmond, number 21 to take on the Spiders. For no reason at all, I'm going with Villanova. Uh, Doug is going with Richmond. Tug, you want to tell us who you're taking for our audio listeners? Yeah, I'm taking Nova. Pretty cut and dry. Not much else to add for either of those teams in this matchup. So we'll move on to D2, and I'm going to be honest with you. I really wish Doug had given us some notes about this game. I'm sure he's looked into it more than either one of us could. We have number two, Garden Valley State, the Lakers, heading out to number one, Ferris State. This is another big one-versus-two matchup. Only in week six of the season, I'm going to give the edge to the hometown Ferris State Bulldogs. Doug is going with Garden Valley State. And, uh, Doug, who are you going with? I, yeah, I'm going with the Lakers as well. I'm, I'm here for the underdog. Even though it's a one-two matchup, I'm here for the underdogs. Correction, it's not Garden Valley. It is Grand Valley State. Grand Valley State Lakers. My mistake on that. Thinking of uh, something else. Talking about Garden Valley. So my bad Lakers, uh, but I'm still not riding with you. So we'll see We'll see how this plays out for me. Finally, we're into some games that we're picking. How exciting is that? I have to bring in the old faithful Arkansas Razorbacks back into this one. They are taking on BYU, another team that we talked about earlier with the beautiful helmets this week. I like this matchup. BYU coming off a, a disappointing loss to Notre Dame out in Las Vegas. 
Arkansas, they're on a skid right now. They've got to right the ship here. I think BYU might be the team for them to do it against. This is going to be a tough one, especially on the road, and you can never underestimate BYU. And props to them, by the way, for not only scheduling Arkansas, but getting them to agree to a home-and-home and, you know, making them stick to it. This is going to be a fun matchup to watch, but I've got the Razorbacks pulling this one out. I I get it. I want to pick the Razorbacks. I really do. I really want to yell Woo Pig with you. In fact, if Arkansas pulls it out, I will next week yell Woo Pig with you. That being said, KJ Jefferson is still battling an injury. He hasn't looked great. That Arkansas defense has looked stunned uh, ever since that Alabama running back put up like 200 yards in the fourth quarter alone. Um, I can't, man. I want to. I can't right now. I'm, I'm taking BYU. For the record, Doug is also taking BYU, and this leads us straight into his game. Kent State going to Toledo to take on uh, – I can't think of their name because my brain's broken from building all this shit 10 minutes before we started. Toledo, though, man, I, I, I've i got to go with Toledo. Doug's going with Toledo. Tug. We, we are priming ourselves for the meaning. Uh, we, we are all riding with Toledo. We're all riding the Rockets. And I, I went and looked to make sure this wasn't some type of rivalry matchup to be, you know, have some type of justification with Kent State. It's not, I, I, I can't do it. I'm riding with Toledo. And then last but not least, Tug, can you before explain we, why you picked this one? Before you, we get into that, I got to ask you, did you look at the BDT rankings for why this would be a good matchup? No. All right, then. Uh, no, so I'm taking Nebraska at Purdue. Uh, this already has implications in the Big Ten West for the uh, leader, uh, which is really weird to say. Uh, I know Illinois and Minnesota do, too. Um, but somehow Nebraska still only has one loss in the Big Ten. Purdue also only has one loss in the Big Ten. Um, this is going to be a good game. I'm taking the Boilermakers at home uh, because that seems to be everyone's trap. They play really well at home. Uh, I see no reason not to take Purdue here. And Nebraska is still trying to find their legs. It seems like they have, but I don't know. It's just not it right now. It's just going to be such a disgusting game to watch. Regardless of the fact that these are two teams by our metrics that are very close in talent, I don't want to watch this. It's going to be gross. But that being said, I've got to take the home team, Hold the on. Boilermakers. I don't What's trust Nebraska it? at all. Dude, this what? is going to be great Big Ten hand-in-the-dirt football. And then Purdue's going to do nothing but throw the ball the entire game. I This is going to be a fun game to watch. I I disagree. But Doug's taking the Cornhuskers, and, I mean, why not? Why not? These are two very, very weird teams right now. And, sure, this is – this. I don't know. I don't I don't know that I, I want to watch this one. Well, that's going to take us to the prospects to watch. Doug sent these in for us, so I did a, as much research as I could. We got Elijah Cooks, who started his college career in 2017. He's a wide receiver for San Jose State right now. I imagine he's a grad transfer. He started out at Nevada. And as you can see, if you're viewing along with us, in 2020, he had very few – he only had two receptions for 24 yards, potentially some COVID stuff. Maybe he got hurt, didn't finish the year. I, I didn't go that far into it. Did you get a I, chance? No, I didn't, but I can tell you based on this, this is his – oh, 
that's six. This is a six season. I have no idea. Uh, this theoretically would have been as COVID plus, but uh, that would have been last year. So I'm. I imagine wow. he probably got hurt uh, and redshirted anyway. So that's how he got uh, got a sixth year out of this. And he could be a grad transfer because, like I said, this is his first year at San Jose State. And he's kind of picking up where he left off in 2019, which was his best year. 76 receptions for 926 yards, eight total touchdowns. Uh, he's got 23 receptions and 408 yards already in, at San Jose State. Two touchdowns to boot as well. So keep your eye out for him. The uh, Trojans, is that right? Or are they the Spartans? Spartans. San Jose Spartans. They are taking on in Mountain West action this week. Fresno State at Fresno State. So this should be an interesting matchup to see how this shakes out for him. Keep an eye out for number four on San Jose State, Elijah Cooks. And that'll take us to our defensive player to watch. Dorian Williams out at Tulane, number two. I'm not sure if he had a number change. There were a shit ton of numbers when I was looking for pictures of this guy. But... They are taking on South Florida. He has been an absolute tackling machine the past two seasons with 97 tackles in a shortened season uh, of 2020, four and a half sacks. He got his first uh, turnover this season, so that is actually incorrect on our slide. He didn't have any turnovers in 2019. His first turnover, first turnover this season, it was an interception earlier this year, already through this 2022 campaign, 42 tackles and one sack, which is amazing that he got four and a half in one season because I only have one. Yeah. I miss you, Doug. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> taking on USF, this is a struggling team in the American Athletic Conference, not Tulane, USF. He's going to eat. He's going to get even more tackles this season. Looking forward to this dude doing some big things and potentially making a splash in the NFL next season. But... I think that is all we have for college news and games as well this week. As we already talked about, there's no Mount Rushmore this week. We weren't able to get to it. Tug, on that front, do you have an update on our Discord? We are getting to a place, uh, guys, it is looking really good. The bot's still not in there. It is looking really good. I need to have a conversation after uh, to to officially figure out a, a drop date, but I'm thinking we can get that going here soon. Sounds good to me. Can't ever complain about that. We still are not even to halftime uh, of this Thursday night football game, and wouldn't you know it, there still hasn't been a touchdown scored. There hasn't been a point scored. It is. uh, The Bears got stopped on the goal line. We will probably see points here. Uh, Not a touchdown, but Washington's going to kick a field goal, and we'll see if they get it here. I will I'm say this beautiful coverage by the Bears to, to deny that touchdown. Well, this drive's been extended by two pass interference calls. The first one, more, yeah, I'll, I'll give them that one. I didn't see anything on the second one unless they called defensive holding. Obviously, I'm not listening to the audio here. Uh, but, yeah, that's why Jalen Johnson's a top uh, cornerback in the league and should start getting paid like one sooner than later. Doug, do you already see the kick? Give me, yeah, it's give me good. Yeah. Kick is good, so we're not going to go into a 0-0 tie at halftime. The Bears, no, we're going to go into a 3-0 lead at halftime. 3-0 lead. Well, you know, could change. There's still 48 se- 46 seconds left oh, on the clock. We'll see what happens here. Uh, but, yeah, still still no touchdown. It's going to be interesting to see how this one goes. Uh, 
yeah, this is I think this is record time as far as us getting started and finished as far as the game goes. Tug, take it away. What what are our links here? Yeah, all right, guys. So as always, we have our patreon.com slash BT football, twitter.com slash BT football, Facebook.com slash BT football, Instagram.com slash BT underscore football, BDT football.com, mailbox at BDT football.com. We have our YouTube. We have twitch.tv slash BDT uh, big dudes in the trenches. I'm sorry, twitch.tv slash big dudes in the trenches. One word. Please go like, follow. Uh, we're, we're getting real close, guys. Uh, all of these will be linked in the description below. Uh, and soon enough, I'm not going to promise a date yet, but soon enough, you guys will have the Discord available to you. I'm going to keep dangling that fruit in front of you. Uh, we'll see where we go. Yeah, Tug, uh, what did Yoda say when he saw himself in 4K? I feel like I should know this, and I'm blanking hard. HD, am I? God damn it. <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen that is all the time we have on the show today thank you for watching or for listening and just remember you can't win a game if you can't win the trenches 